on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, health care freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. your tolerance but lecture me is there no end to your own hypocrisy your god is power you have no shame your only interest is political gain you hide your eyes and refuse to listen you play your game. coming up next america can we talk with your host debbie georgiatos And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. Today in our show, we're going to talk about pizza stove versus John Kerry's jet. That's our first five. And then we have an amazing person joining us for an interview. Uh, she'll be on screen with us, interview with Michelle Tafoya. I have a lot to say about that. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, also, post-truth sexuality and the sensuality explosion. Some news stories, even since yesterday. And finally, the censorship industrial complex. It's actually a great story to understand about the loss of freedom of speech. Of course, I'll tell you at the end why these stories matter to you. So we, I want to talk about very quickly for our first five today. Last Thursday on the show, Mark Morano joined us. He is a founder of The Climate Depot, which is a website. He's an author of books. He formerly worked for Rush Limbaugh. He worked for United States Senate in uh, the Environmental Committee. And, got, and he's a tremendous data gatherer. And he, when he was on the show last Thursday, if you missed the show last Thursday, I strongly urge you to go listen to it. It's posted at our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, because he basically went through data, nearly all of which is taken from government websites or other authorities that, that everyone agrees are, are knowledgeable sources, to lay out the basic point that we really do not have a CO2 emergency. We do not have a, the earth is going to burn up emergency. We don't have a climate change emergency happening at all. He exposed climate alarmism. He was full of facts and figures. In fact, on Thursday, our studio audience, we have an in-studio audience. And one of my friends, I was watching, I'm up there interviewing him live, and I'm watching her in the audience, writing as fast as she could, taking notes, because it was so fact-filled. And I think one reason, I, it'd be great if you wanted to listen to that show, and if you'd missed it, because it was full of little nuggets, little facts you can take. And so when someone says, I'm so worried about climate change, that's why I'm going to you know, walk all everywhere or take public transportation, have some facts and figures to plant seeds. To say, well, actually, did you know this is a factual data? Did you know this? Did you know this? Great opportunity to help people really um, reduce their fears and, and become aware of what's true. Anyway, so after the show last Thursday, um, he's been sending me some of his articles, Mark Morano. He has a new one up that's at the New York Post. Yeah, New York Post. So in New York City, where I grew up in New York, I love New York. I'm sorry it is this way. But in New York City, uh, there is now a new rule coming out. Uh, the city's going to crack down. The City Department of Environmental Protection has new rules coming out that's going to order eateries, you know, restaurants, using the decades-old baking method, you know, the, the uh, ovens that they make the delicious, delicious pizzas in New York, um, eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice their carbon emissions by up to 75%. So this, you know, age-old 
system of creating these pizza ovens that are just, they make great pizza. And obviously, New York City is kind of famous for its pizzerias. Um, the environmentalists are coming along and saying they have to cut emissions by 75%, which basically is going to mean they can't use these old systems anymore. So Mr. Mark Morano has an article up in the New York Post, and this is what I mean about such a data guy. You know, John Kerry, the king of environmental uh, alarmism, uh, jets around the world. And so Mark Morano wrote a piece at New York Post. And by the way, this is posted at our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down, list of links. Everything I talk about is as there today, so you can go read it yourself. Here's his calculation. He called the article Green Madness. You'd have to burn a pizza stove for 849 years to equal one year of John Kerry's private jet. I mean, just, I, I, it is, I love these kind of facts because instead of, you know, people spew out formulas and graphs and charts, I mean, I, I love graphs. I love visual evidence. I mean, I do, and last week, Mark Rano had great graphs we presented for everyone. But just that simple fact, why don't we just tell John Kerry to quit flying around in his jet? If he's so worried about climate change, you think he wouldn't want to be spewing all the CO2 in the atmosphere his jet obviously produces. So instead of picking on the people of New York who love their pizzas and love the way they're made, just tell John Kerry to, you know, swim next time he wants to go to a meeting somewhere in Europe or wherever else it is. But on a serious note, this is a really good example of a, a simple data point you can share with your friends and say, you know, really cutting out this, this whole pizza stove, one pizza stove being taken out is a, equals eight, eight for, you have to burn it for 849 years to equal one year of John Kerry's private jet. Then you multiply the private jets by all the other people flying around in private jets telling you how pretty soon you're not really shouldn't be driving your car, shouldn't be allowed to really be burning fossil fuel. And while we're thinking about it, maybe you should be moving into one of our 15-minute cities because after all, you shouldn't really be living out in the country, in the suburbs where you want to live. You should live where the climate alarmists want you to live. Recognize all the people trying to impose those rules on you have absolutely no intention of living under those same rules themselves. More on this later, but that for now, my very fine friends, today's First Five. Okay, I'm so excited about our guest today. Uh, so Michelle Tafoya, oh, I have another environmental thing. I'll come to it later. But Michelle Tafoya is really famous. And, you know, I will tell you that I, um, in our house, my husband and our two adult sons, watch a lot of football. Let's just say it that way. They are, you know, they, they love football. They watch football. It is the fall thing. Um, we're all happy when fall arrives and we've got Sunday afternoon games to go on. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we it's just a thing in our family and, and many other American families. So Michelle Tafoya, uh, I'm sure you're thinking, I know I've heard that name. She was the sideline uh, newscaster on uh, for Sunday Night Football for a long, long time. I want to read some of the, I don't have the exact date. She was um, a CBS sports reporter since September 1994. Um, she hosted, though, she has been essentially a sideline reporter uh, on many, many major events, including uh, Sunday night football for a long time, covered for the major networks, Olympics in various places, uh, interviewed all the famous athletes you can ever think of, um, interviewed them, and always known for her substance, her depth, you know, not just 
you know, the fly-by-night, so how was the game guy, but really substantive uh, thinking and talking to them. Um, and she's also been awarded many times. She's the most awarded uh, sideline news, news reporter on uh, NFL. And on top of that, she received the American Women in Radio and Television, gave her the Gracie Award for Outstanding Achievement by an Individual On-Air TV Personality. I think she won that twice. She's gotten four times. She's won Emmys for her performance. All to say, she's had a wonderful and uh, an exciting career. If you love sports, what a great, exciting career. Cover major sports events around the world and get to interview these extraordinary athletes. And she was very, very, very good at her job. But she decided uh, to leave that job. It was a bit of a process to step away from it, but she's now left that job uh, and is hosting her own show. She is hosting the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Uh, and really, we're going to talk to her about why anyone would leave a job like she had and what's really driving her to, to do something very, very different in life at this point after all of the success she experienced as a sideline reporter and for a, as a very famous face and name, Michelle Tafoya uh, on the Sunday Night Football as a sideline reporter. Let's welcome to the show, Michelle Tafoya. Thank you so much, man. Everything you said, I was thinking to myself, why did I leave? Why did I quit all that? No, it was, uh, it was a great career but certain things in your life evolve and things uh, that become more important to you than they were ever before. And so um, as fun, exciting, and magnificent a run as I was lucky to have, it, 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 it just, uh, certain things mattered more to me at this point in my life. And, and I said goodbye to it. I do want to ask you um, about some of the highlights of it before I turn to what you're talking about in the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I said to you before we came on air, and then I didn't get to it. Um, you know, what we on the show quite often we interview women and men who are speaking up on issues that matter to America, and these are all people who could be very successful staying in the career they had, or even staying, you know, at home just being a mom and taking care of the home, or being in some career that they're very successful at and they're earning money and they donate to good causes. But this is a time in America where people watching our country, people who are earnest and sincere thinkers, are very concerned about America's direction, about our culture, about the things that have uh, come to be accepted as normal and acceptable. And so there are people, they're just modern day patriots speaking up and saying, I'm going to do more than just what I was really good at. I'm going to speak up and, and find my niche, my lane, whatever you want to call it, in speaking up for America. So. Love to have you tell us. So what drove you? What, what are the things that, that concerned you enough that you would leave the, uh, your, your fame and great success uh, as a sportscaster? You know, it started on 9-11, uh, 2001. I, I think that I took it for granted that we lived in this safe, peaceful nation. And I suddenly saw that it, we weren't that safe. And it was such a wake-up call to me about how I felt about my country and what I was willing to do to protect her. And so that was the beginning of my sort of education in American history, uh, politics, policy, the Constitution, all of that. I really started to do a deep dive into why I was feeling so strongly. You know, my dad um, was a first generation uh, Hispanic here. His parents immigrated and, um, he always told me, you won the lottery being born in this country. This is the greatest country on, on the earth. And he and my mom both struggled mightily through the Great Depression and through all of these things. My mom's parents didn't want her to marry him because he was Hispanic. Lots of struggles. But they 
never let it deter them because they, they genuinely believed, as do I, that you can do anything in America. And I still believe that. And so after 9-11, I started seeing that other people didn't believe that. We had this quick, you know, come together, love the country, sing together on the steps of the Capitol. Boy, how quickly it dissolved. And that was heartbreaking to me. I think that there were some presidents who came into office who helped that divide. And I, I was just heartbroken. And I thought, also, I thought, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I, I think people are being convinced of things that really aren't true. And the more I saw it, and certainly it made its way into sports. We all saw it make its way into the NFL when Colin Kaepernick started to kneel for the anthem and other players started to kneel for the anthem. And you know, pre then President Trump got involved in saying things about them. And it, it just became a very divisive time. And then with George Floyd, everything permeated its way into sports. And I saw how that affected fans. And so just kind of over the course of these years, these many years, I just kept thinking to myself, I have I have more to say about this stuff than I really can say in my current role as a sideline reporter. I've got to go say it uh, because otherwise I'm going to go crazy. It was really tugging at me. And my husband and I made made a plan. And, and here we are now living out the plan. I love that, um, and I do want to want to talk about your tremendous career um, as a sideline reporter. I meant to mention to you in uh, introducing you or just talking about football generally. My husband often makes the comment, you know, we really don't watch television like at all at our house except sports. And he yeah. always said the great thing about sports was it is it's just a meritocracy. You aren't going to, I mean, uh, is that the right word? Yeah, meritocracy. It's like the idea you're not going to get asked to be the quarterback because your grandfather was famous or because right. your family has money. It's all about meritocracy. But when politics got into sports, you're describing the, the kneeling for the national anthem. I think it was a jolt to millions of fans. They, they, yes. they expect sports to be sports. You know, you just yeah. you're root for your team, whoever it is you like, or, your, or the teams that you support. But the idea of politics getting in the middle of it seemed... It was jarring to people. Did you have that reaction too? I just saw it. Yes, I had it myself and I saw and talked to a multitude of fans who felt that way. Our ratings took a dip. All football ratings took a dip as this stuff was going on. People were saying, how can you be living in the greatest country on earth, playing a game for a living and being paid more than I'll ever see in my lifetime in one year? Uh, how can you criticize this nation? Now, that is not to say that we shouldn't be criticized. We can, we can, we, we've grown and, and developed thanks to criticism of the mistakes of this nation. So there's nothing wrong with doing that, but bringing it into a game that used to just bring us together was not what people wanted. People wanted sports to take their mind off the rest of the world, to take their mind off the politics and the division, the divisiveness in this country. And instead it, it, it was there that we saw even more of it in a place where everyone thought, come on, you guys, um, you're really, you're in a great situation and you're telling a lot of people and guys who have served that this anthem isn't worth standing for. And, you know, it wasn't the majority of players who did that, but it certainly had a number of years of, of really impacting how the fans viewed the players and it turned them away from the game for a time. I think they've come back but I, I'd have to really look at the numbers to tell you if they're all the way back. Yeah, you know, the kind of uh, tying into what you are saying a moment ago, 
we are supposed to have in this country, and it's one of the beautiful things about America and kind of Western civilization, the robust debate of ideas, you can disagree about things, you can have political conversations, you can disagree and still be friends. But what turned, it seems to me, in recent years is the argument isn't, is policy X versus policy Y the better choice? It's more of, is America inherently a good nation or a bad nation? Yeah. And, and people, you know, the argument of, of some who were supportive of people kneeling, but it's not just the kneelers in football, it was a, the deeper political argument. It became really those who are trying to say America is inherently institutionally right. either racist or evil or selfish or something bad. And for many people, uh, that, that was just wrong. What well, to me is deeply wrong. I mean, America never been perfect. No nation's ever been perfect. But the ideas of it and the history of it are extraordinary. And I think that's what's changed recently in the political conversation. One side or element is saying America is a bad place and, and pretty much has to be torn apart and fixed the way we want it. Do you see that? Do you think I that? do see that. And it's it's no longer about what is right. It's about who is right. So, yes, we all acknowledge the sins of the past. Nobody's. What drives me crazy is that we seem to be seeing people who think they are the first ones to talk about slavery. No one ever talks about slavery. I was never taught about slavery. What? We've been talking about it since before the Constitution was written. We've been talking about it. And so this idea that we're afraid to look at our history and it's only one side that wants to and the other side doesn't and the one side is the left and the bad, evil side is the right and that you know they don't want to acknowledge history... I, that is like the furthest thing from the truth. I, 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 we could name films and books, and which haven't been banned, by the way, and all kinds of speeches and oratories and wars and policy debates forevermore. Uh, so for people to say we're, we're not acknowledging our history or looking at it or we're ignoring it or not teaching it, that is one of the most dishonest arguments I've ever heard. And And... So I, I think that, and people have said, oh, you're cherry picking. It's only here or there. No, 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 no. Let's let's be real about this. So um, I, I that part really bothers me as well, that we've, we've not only taken sides and just really dug in, but even if one side has a really good policy, the other side will not acknowledge it because, oh, it's you, it's not us, and therefore it can't be good. So it's it, there, there's so much wrong right now. The terror is so deep, it, it really concerns me. Could not agree more. So well said. So well said. You know, one thing that kind of is a, an issue in society, and it also relates to your coverage of sports, you know, and I, I was on this topic yesterday for a while on this show because I'm so bothered by it, but, you know, the idea that men who, whatever reasons they have, wish they were women, and, and are taking various steps to try to move, uh, transition themselves. The idea that men are competing against women, biological men against biological women, it is, another, it is a kind of a wake up to a lot of people who thought, well, I don't really care about this issue too much. But they're, what they're seeing that it's almost like we've lost touch with reality because they're not yeah. defining themselves. I, I know I'm a man, but I kind of wish I was a woman. They're just saying, I'm a woman and I'm gonna yeah. compete in women's sports. And then, of course, uh, just displacing the uh, all of these young women who have worked so hard to become the top of their sport and yes. to be able to compete. So yeah, I think you mentioned you've interviewed Riley Gaines, right? Yes, a couple times. Yes, I admire her greatly. I know you do as well. She is such a fierce, outspoken, courageous, states the facts kind of person. And she has been mobbed. 
and she has been yelled at and she has been derided in every way possible. And yet she still stands strong. And one of the most impactful things she said in front of, uh, it was at a hearing the other day. She said that both she and her husband were swimmers at the University of Kentucky. Now, Riley, of course, was an NCAA champion in many events. Her husband never was on the men's side. All right, so she was more recognized. She had more trophies than her husband did. But she said, if we got in the pool together, he'd kick her butt every single time. There was no, no competition. So even though on her side and the women's side, she was decorated and recognized and awarded, she could never beat her husband. We've had tape resurface recently of Serena Williams telling David Letterman, I, I no, don't put me on a court with, with you know, any of these men that want to play me. No, I, I'll get crushed. These things are facts. And we are in this weird moment where people are saying trans women are real women. Well, no, that's just biologically not true. And again, I think it's coming from the side, the left, that told us to believe in the science with a capital S all through COVID, all through, you know, every bit of uh, climate change mania, all of it, believe the science. Well, there's no clearer science than XX versus XY. That's pretty damn clear. And it shows itself time and again. And you can take testosterone blockers or puberty blockers. That's not going to make you a woman. So um, this whole argument, and I talked to someone in sports recently whom I won't name, but they, they said, you know, I just, I know this is happening, but it's, not, as you mentioned, it's not happening that much. And I said, really? Why don't you look at some of the cycling results we've seen in cycling events all over the world? And why don't you find out why so many women are up in arms about this? They are being displaced on the podiums. And we're saying it's okay because somebody feels like he's a woman and therefore should compete. This is this is nonsense. And it's it's so unfair. And the whole reason we established Title IX in the first place was to protect women and boost women and give them their own lane in sports, just like you give peewee football players their weight guidelines that you can't play this weight if you're this weight all of that it it's it's exists for a reason and so this this is purely about fairness it's not about transphobia and anyone that tries to tell you it's transphobic to want women to maintain their place in sports is using just a a a, a silly argument calling you a name to hopefully get you to shut up I, I, your last line, especially get you to shut up, is exactly yeah. what it is. So you just, just mm -hmm. stop talking. I will say also, our, um, one of our kids played college basketball, and I know from about our, our son, from about, I don't know what it was, fifth grade or so, you know, it's pretty much all he did socially. Like he had, he had summer tournaments, summer travel camps, whatever it was, there it was missing on it. And so I think these women, are swimming especially, I said this to Rally Gaines, swimming is exhausting. Yeah. Nor for everybody and to be at the level that she was the amount of years you give up of social life and kind of normal high school stuff because you swim and then you maybe sleep and eat and do a little bit of homework and swim <laughs> and yeah. all all of that you're you're kind of sacrificing to achieve the level she achieved and this is that's why it is so deeply profoundly unfair not just in swimming but to women generally anyone in athletics and i just and the other thing aspect of it is i'm so bugged by is we're asked to play along with their pretend. It's yeah. just to pretend. You're not, no matter what you say or think, it's just to pretend. And what other contexts in life, why are we forced to play along with that pretend and, and be called transphobic if we won't? 
I could go into a lot of really kind of uh, uncomfortable details about what it does mean to be really be a woman and go through everything that we go through biologically, physiologically, uh, that men who, even if they identify as women, will never, ever go through. And to say that you can jump in the pool and just compete and it's equal because you think you're a woman, because you want to be a woman, you identify as a woman, is you're right. It's 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 almost like this bizarre, um, this blip in history that we're all lucky enough to witness, aren't we? That this, because I do think this pendulum is going to swing the other way. I do think something will be done about this. I'm not sure what it'll be, but this is just flat out unfair and and wrong. And and again, people like Megan Rapinoe, who used to be on the U.S. women's national soccer team, and even Alex Morgan, who's married with a baby. Uh, Megan happens to be gay. The, The fact that they think that their sport should be open to trans women. I, I just don't know what they're thinking. I, I, I honestly don't. I Listen, and that doesn't make me hostile to anyone or their way of life. It makes me a realist by saying, it's you realize you're taking opportunities away from actual women so that men can compete in women's sports. It just, it, it's absolutely kind of otherworldly to utter these words to you. And every time I say them, I keep thinking, this is nuts. This is crazy. Why are we even debating this? But we are. Here we are. We are. And I, I think your reaction is that of, I don't even know, 90% of America. When you, If you're in the privacy of your own home, you're talking to your family, you think, this is crazy. This isn't yeah. right. But it's, it, there is a societal pressure to, to go along with a pretend. But I exactly. agree with you. More, I think more people, people are about done with it. They, they want us to return to sanity. Um, I, I'm, you have a, a podcast, and I, you have covered some amazing topics. I want a quick hit on them. Uh, so first of all, if you tell listeners, if they want to find your the Michelle Tafoya podcast, how they find that, and then I'll run through some yeah, we are wherever you find your podcast: Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, the Salem Podcast Network, YouTube, Rumble. You can find it, and uh, so it's Michelle with one L. That's an important way to to find it. T A F O Y A. I mean, you can find it uh, at Linktree. You can find me Linktree uh, slash Michelle Tafoya, and all the links are there to get there. So. Uh, it's there. It's available. I'd love it if we had more subscribers. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to promote it. I love it. I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad you can. I want to hit two quick things you had recent Tom podcast on. One was, uh, you. I think you titled it, No, Mr. President, My Kids Are Not Your Kids. <laughs> Talk about issues that are waking America up to the fact yeah. there's something really wrong with, I think my podcast, my show here might be a little more political than you are, because uh, I'll just say it's just the left. It is the it is the left doing this, but yeah. my kids are not your kids. That concept coming out in schools and out of the president and out of many officials, that somehow it's the government or the collective society's job to raise your kids, and you parents, you know, you better just step back and step out of the way. That is an eye opener to many. This is people cultural Marxism. Yeah. This is cultural Marxism. It is, yes. Go ahead. Cultural Marxism, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of where we went with this, is that you, this, it, <laughs> I, listen, I had one child and I adopted one child, and so much went into each of those processes. And for anyone to say that they could possibly care for my kids the way that I do, even my own mom, my sisters, my friends, they can't. They are my children. They are mine. And that matters. And I, therefore 
have the right to treat them, raise them as I see fit, not as the damn government sees fit. I, it, it, and schools right now, I think COVID, that was the silver lining. People got to look into what's been going on in schools. And, and there are teachers who think that they're smarter and better prepared to walk your child through their gender identity, you know, discovery journey. Bull, stay out of it. This is for a family with their all of the values that a family holds dear, not the school's values. And I, there are very few things that can make me as upset as this one does. I'm glad that you are. And also, Michelle Tafoya, I'll tell you, these issues we're talking about, there are millions of women around the country uh, who see these, who experience something in their own school, their own community, and they think, yeah. what is happening here? But I really thank you for, because you've got a national voice. You had a national voice already uh, just because of your fabulous career as a sideline sportscaster. All the famous interviews. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, our sons, I don't think they know I have you on the show today, but I'm going to tell them later. They're going to be sorry they missed it. Uh, because, I mean, because you really, and so you're, you're taking a platform which you earned but making it uh, consequential on so many other issues. I, I just really, I, I love that you're doing it. I see you've done shows uh, involving a, the dead name, tran, uh, the transgender Yeah, it's thing. a documentary about three families who went through the transgender process. Yeah, it's really something, really something. It's heartbreaking. And these stories that come out, yeah, they have, um, in fact, there's one organization uh, Independent Women's Forum that is yes. bringing forth a lot of stories like this. And, and back to Riley Gaines, there's another organization, I always try to plug them to, I'm a part of it, but it's Independent Women's Network, and they're mm -hmm. around the country. We have a local branch here in Dallas, and, but they're all around the country, uh, trying to bring, bring this message out that you, you yeah. can't deprive women of their place in society. So uh, anyway, I really commend you for, for using your voice and your name and, and raising attention to these issues that maybe some people wouldn't listen otherwise, but someone like you, you're speaking from a depth of experience, understanding sports and, and, and being successful in life, and you're deciding to step aside and say, I'm gonna host a show that talks about these issues, it means a lot. I really commend you for that. I appreciate that very much. I know that I've lost probably half of my fans because they don't agree, but um, maybe I'll make some new ones who never even knew me before or didn't know what I stood for, but you know, I'm just living my values. That's all I'm doing. I love it. Uh, Michelle Tafoya, I probably, I, I have a big stack of shows here that you've done, I'd love to talk about, but uh, I think we're about at the time I committed when we, uh, you agreed to the interview. So first of all, thank you for taking the time to join me and for all that you're doing. I love having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All the best. All the best to you. Okay, my friends, I'm telling you, you want to watch a podcast that will, first of all, she's famous. So maybe some of your guy friends who don't really want to hear politics, but if you said, well, I can send you something that Michelle Tafoya is in, maybe you get them uh, interested. But she just does a great job interviewing people on a wide variety of issues um, that are serious and substantive. And I, I just, I truly deeply respect her for that. I want to take a moment uh, to do two very important things. One is, I want to thank Brighteon Television, Brighteon TV. This show is carried by Brighteon TV. You can find it at brighteon.com, which is B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com. Brighteon.com carries this show. It carries other shows that are conservative voices that are not really going to be picked up on by the propaganda media, uh, but they're serious, substantive, intelligent voices 
patriotic voices speaking up for America, speaking up for conservative values. So thank you to Brighteon.com, Brighteon TV for carrying this show. I also occasionally, I told that my show music, which you always hear at the beginning and the end of the show, uh, is being sung by Krista Branch. She sings, I am America, that song. I mean, when people hear that song, they, a lot of my friends go, oh, I love that. That's your theme music. I love that. People identify with this show. The message of I am America is simply that. America is not made up of the government or those in power. America was intended to be we the people, we the sovereign. We are America. We shape America's future. We decide. So thank you to Krista Branch for her music and to Brighton to you for carrying this show. In just a few minutes, I'm going to talk about Patriot Switch. So um, tell Mr. Emilio, that will be just a minute or two, though. Um, I want to turn to the next story. Um, I call this post-truth sexuality and the sens <coughs> sensuality explosion. It actually really segues well what we were just talking about uh, with Michelle Tafoya. Uh, so first of all, she mentioned, well, everyone knows there is such a thing as science. There's X chromosome, Y chromosome. Everyone knows this. Well, apparently not, because here in the gray state of Texas, where you, know, you kind of think people are still kind of sane here, they haven't become radical leftists, but here in the gray state of Texas, a biology professor was fired from his teaching job because students got offended, I kid you not, because he taught in class the scientific fact that chromosomes determine your gender, that there are X chromosomes and Y chromosomes. This is, has been biological fact since mankind began. Sorry, it's really warm in here, sorry. Um, this has been biological fact, and this professor in Texas taught this to his class that gender is determined by chromosomes. There are X chromosomes and Y chromosomes. Women have two X chromosomes, Y have, men have an X and a Y. This is biological fact like the sun is hot or that gravity you know, keeps things on the earth. It's not a debatable question. But he taught this in class, had a few students walk out offended because they want to say biology is, has nothing to do with their gender. They don't really care what X and Y chromosomes are. Gender is what they want themselves to be. And they complained to the school, and the school fired the professor. I, I mean, this is the stage I was, I was getting with Michelle Tafoya. I'm going get to get to this point again. It's one thing to, to uh, if you have adults and they want to engage in this, whatever they want to do, transition, transition themselves, you know, it's legal in America to do that as an adult. But that's not what we're talking about. What is happening in America, you're being taught and you're being propagandized. You're being mesmerized into accepting what the left is trying to say, which is you simply are whatever we tell you you are. I mean, you, you, when someone says, I am you know, a male, but they're not, you have to call them, treat them as though they're a male. You have to let the male swim with the women's swimming competition. You have to let people identify their own gender and everybody else has to play along with their pretend. And so it's bad enough the left pushes this in conversation in life. And so you're all people, some get wound around the axle about whether I, you know, what pronouns I use and you didn't use the right pronouns and they actually get wound up about it. But this is a college in Texas firing a biology professor, according to his story, uh, because he taught basically widely accepted concepts that pretty much since the beginning of time have been true, you know, that X and Y chromosomes got, gets fired. 
So that's one aspect of this crazy that has taken over society. Kind of similar to that, and I, I call this post-truth sexuality, because that's what this story is about. It is saying we no longer divine truth from facts. We no longer determine what truth is based on data and facts and reality. We determine it what, uh, based on what someone says. We also have this sensuality explosion in this country that is to the point of truly celebrating the mentally ill. And so I sent Mr. Emilio one video. This is a video of a march, a protest. I actually think it was in San Francisco. No, it was in New York City, I think. Um, yeah, I was in New York City. So this is a protest. I mentioned it yesterday. I just want to briefly play it for you. Have you hear what and see the people who are protesting. This is an LGBTQ uh, protest. And I want you to hear what they're chanting and then we'll talk about it. Okay, what they're chanting is, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And if you were just listening to this and couldn't see, this is a parade of people. And I, I you know, I, I try to be careful in the way I speak about them because anyone who would wear the kind of clothing or attire or outfits these people are choosing, anyone who would cause themselves to look so bizarre, they're not mentally stable. It doesn't matter if they have gathered the left-wing support and they are somehow the, you know, the coolest people around because they are, you know, they're, they're pushing the envelope of reality or they're defining new reality. And so they're treated as though they're kind of really, uh, you know, society's thought leaders or society's, you know, moving the needle for America to understand a deeper sense of humanity. They're, they're not mentally stable. You wouldn't do that to yourself if you were. You wouldn't dress that way. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with what the laws say. doesn't have anything to do with what you, you can dress how you want. You're, and as an adult, you can change your gender. We don't outlaw that in this country. But their chant was not just, hey, look at me and how completely bizarre I am. One woman had her breasts entirely exposed with some painted thing on the nipples, whatever it was. I mean, if you couldn't see what you were just hearing, I'm telling you, uh, in, in a, a wide array of humanity. I actually, they're not really to be, they're definitely not to be hated, and they're not to be, um, you know, um, just rejected out of hand, but they are, to, they are to be rejected out of hand. They are to be pitied or sympathized with because they're not healthy. But, when you are part of the mode that says, I'm going to chant in public, I'm going to be, or coming for your children, we're going to do this to your children, we're going to inflict the uh, gender ideology on kindergartners and start the transgender grooming of five-year-olds, yeah, they're coming after your kids is exactly right. They're acknowledging it. And this is why there is such a strong movement in this country to say, to denounce the entire transgender, entire LGBTQ agenda. Because you don't hear very many people who stand up for LGBTQ agenda condemning this. And they all should be. Everyone should be. So. This was a march in, um, as I say, I think it was San Francisco. But on a more serious note, understanding how when we indulge this mental illness that is the transgender movement, when we indulge it, 
It's not like there are no innocent victims. It's not like, well, if that's who they want to be, leave them alone. This is another argument that leftists use. Look, they're not hurting you. They want to be transgender, leave them alone. I want to tell you about a story that happened in Boston. And this just occurred uh, last week. So police were called uh, to a unit. Actually, the fire department came first called to a unit because someone was under having cardiac arrest. You know, a fireman will come and try to revive someone who's having a heart attack. So they get to a house in Boston, and in this house, they did find one transgender individual deceased on the floor, a corpse, um, and, and, uh, and, and they found someone who had suffered a, a heart attack. It, it apparently had cardiac arrest. What they found in this home in addition to this transgender corpse, were a variety of men, mostly dressed as women. They found four children, four children hidden in a back room where they had people, men, pretend, who were pretending they're women, they're trans, they're, they are men, but they're calling themselves women, transgender women, trying to block access because you know the police came to, so they had the fire department, the police department. This is a private home with filth, filth everywhere, a, a large number of transgender, uh, of men pretending to be women, transgender women, a corpse on the floor, drug paraphernalia everywhere, sexual toys everywhere, strewn around this pit, this pigsty, and four children in the back room. And I don't know what had happened to those children sexually. I'm going to guess it wasn't voluntary, and I'm going to guess it wasn't good. I'm going to guess that those children have been the victims of grotesque sexual abuse. And I'm getting around to trying to make this point. I was doing it yesterday as well. The answer in just watching this transgender explosion in this country, this epidemic of LGBTQ, non-binary, blah, 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 all that garbage that they spew, the explosion of it is not just, should not just be met with the, the idea, well, you know, that's them, we're us, let them do their thing, they do their thing, we do our thing. They become a danger to society. They are pushing their mental illness onto other people. They are obviously, in this case, exploiting, taking sexual advantage of young children. They are engaged in, I can't even get the words out well enough. They're engaged in such, um, such mental illness, lunacy, confusion, uh, confusion about their own identity, uh, indulging in their own fantasy that they really are something that they're not, and you end up with um, drugs, alcohol, sex toys all over the apartment, as well as a dead body on the floor. Uh, fortunately, uh, the children were rescued and put into protective custody. Unclear if any of the men pretending to be women were even related to the kids. If those were their kids or they were just four kids they happened to manage to uh, bring in. Um, all the adults in the room, which were many, uh, were uncooperative, would not provide information, um, all the adults, when first question, denied there were children inside the apartment. And so this is an apartment in Boston with a, a corpse on the floor, transgender person, uh, people, sex toys, drug toys, uh, drugs, uh, trans men dresses women, 
just a, a, I mean, just a, a hellhole of an apartment in Boston. And it gets me around to something, and gonna, I'm going to show you or talk to you about one more thing uh, that happened at, at, at some pride parades. But on this point that, that about what happened in the house in Boston, it's not kind to indulge in the fantasy that anyone has. If I thought why I were a zebra and said, I want you to drop me in the middle of the, uh, you know, a field someplace in the middle of Africa because I'm really a zebra and I should be living in the wild with the zebras and the lions, you know, there'd be people saying, no, actually you're not. You're an adult, you're a woman, you're a human, and you can't go live by yourself with the zebras. I mean, sane people would step in and say, we can't indulge your fantasy. Same thing is true of this transgender movement. There's nothing kind about indulging their fantasy. And part of what happens, I'm going to do one more quick story uh, about the transgender movement that I want to uh, share with you. Um, and then I want to make what I, I think are a couple of really important points, because this is a discussion happening all over the country. And, and as, as with many other topics in America, the anti-American left has laid down the narrative. They have said, you know, this is what's true. This is what's not. Uh, and no one's allowed to speak who disagree with, disagrees with us. This is what the anti-American left has done with respect to election fraud, with respect to the COVID vaccines, with respect to other treatments for COVID that were very effective. They lay down the law and say nobody is allowed to speak in disagreement with us. Well, the same thing is happening in the transgender movement. You're called a transphobe, a hater, or some other weird new term they think up when you expose this issue about transgenderism, when you try to say, but it's not real. You're not really what you say you are. They have made the rules that say you can't say that. And if you can't talk about it, you can't even get close to trying to fix it. So one more thing, a little uh, iteration on this storyline, and I'm going to tell you my points. And that was, there were a series of parades, uh, that one parade I just showed you a minute ago, where they're chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. They weren't kidding. Uh, there's another uh, aspect of the parade in San Francisco and other big cities where this LGBTQ parade, uh, celebration of LGBTQ um, Pride Month, involved adult men, buck naked, riding bicycles, in a parade, I mean, utterly naked and riding bicycles in a parade and stopping, or a little motorcycle, little motorbikes, stopping themselves, waving, fully flaunting their nakedness to a, a lineup of people, you know, many adults, some kids, and all dressed in the most, I mean, they either had nothing on at all or dressed in very perverse um, leather outfits and uh, just, you know, just, mentally unhealthy people dressed in bizarre ways, you know, crazy color hair, bizarre clothing, just everything uh, unimaginable. And so they're freely walking around, flaunting their nakedness in front of children at the pride parade. And there was, a, uh, so I wanna make uh, two points about it. The reason we're at this point, like you hear people say so often, how did we get here? How did America get to this lunatic place that we're in? Well, the answer is, number one, it started with little things. It started with little, you know, the kind of, you know, slippery slope, little decisions, little indulgences. Well, okay, okay, it's not so bad. They only want to do this. Well, that's okay. We're just going to, but then we draw the line here. You know, this little thing we're let it go. Then we draw the line here. And so now, but then we're moving the line a little more. And if we just give them that, then we can be, then we have, then we, you know, can have peace. They'll leave us alone. 
it started with, you know, it just started with the, with uh, marriage and the whole idea of whether we have civil unions and we had marriage, then we have throuples, and we have, uh, you know, we now we have a strong push in America to end the laws that say you cannot have sex with children. You know, we have the, we used to call them pedophiles. Uh, now we have to call them the euphemistic term, uh, minor attracted person, MAP. You're not a pedophile, you're just a minor attracted person. And every step along the way, leftists who pushing this grotesque uh, over-sensualization, uh, over-sexualization of American society have used the tactic of saying, you can't talk about it. Now that we've said this is what's normal, this is what's real, you can't fight us. You can't talk about it. You can't say anything. We've got a label for you and name for you. And so we have gotten to the point where we have naked men or men dressed in the most bizarre, sexually perverse clothing imaginable in public parades, in broad daylight, in cities down the streets of America. And you still have those pushing the LGBTQ agenda, mocking people who are saying, you know, why are you doing this? Why don't you stop this? We don't like this. Still, any criticism, any critique is labeled as intolerant, you know, homophobic, transphobic, some other stupid word phobic, and people get silenced. But this is where we end up. This is where we end up. We didn't used to have naked men on bicycles and motorcycles and motorbikes and parades in broad daylight or anywhere else on America's streets. But as every single step along the way, every single issue along the way, we just concede and concede, well, okay, I don't want to be called a name, so we'll let it go this far, but no farther. It never ends. It never ends until we say it can't end. It must end. And, and, and until we say, well, we will not tolerate this, we will arrest you, you will sit in jail. I mean, there, there has to be consequences. I, I do earnestly believe it's a mental health issue. It's not sane and normal people do not do these things. They do not engage in this kind of conduct. So they may need mental health treatment, but because we have a problem in our society of too many people not even agreeing that they have a mental health problem, and the public not even wanting to agree, we're in a very hard place. So the bravery that's needed, if you want your children to, to grow up in an America where we have normalcy, sanity, you have to speak up, you have to push back, you have to push back against your city council who allows these kind of protests, you have to make it unacceptable. And the last point I'll make is this. For all of human history, People have derived their sense of morality, their sense of truth, their sense of identity based on their belief in God, based on faith. They've had a notion that where our identity comes from is, is a God-given identity. A God, God is our creator. It's written out in the founding of our country, in the Declaration, the Constitution reflects it. We are a country where we are rooted in a belief of God, in God. And people got their sense of, well, you know, God created, as the Bible says, male and female created he them. God created men and women. And part of what is the both intention as well as the outcome of this radical transgender movement is the pushing away, pushing out of society, the idea of, what, of God as a creator, of God even existing. In fact, the extremely evil Yuval Harari, who is the World Economic Forum main advisor, he's a gay, um, you know, just lunatic level advisor to the World Economic Forum, to Klaus Schwab, has, is, is, speaks openly about people having no God-given identity, no God-given identity. 
And so therefore, they can be poked with, poked with jabs and vaccines and manipulated into anything they want to make them into. This is how he sees people, how he sees all of mankind, Yuval Harari does. It's a huge contrast between the idea of man made in God's image and likeness, male and female created he them. And the whole thing is, if you don't have a sense of God as a creator, if you don't have a sense of a source of life bigger than, you know, than physical humanity, then you really do get sucked into anything goes. I mean, what's your baseline? What's your basis for ever saying that anything is immoral? If you don't have a God, if you don't, why would, you know, man, boy, love be immoral? Why would, you know, uh, mangling the genitals of a small child to indulge a, a transgender agenda? Why wouldn't that be moral? You, you, what is being driven out of America isn't just God. It, it is a sense of a morality that, that flows from God and that parents are trying to hold on to and teach their children and to keep them out of the clutches of the left that is really, whether they intend it or not, driving God out of society and really driving God out of a sense of, of human identity, who we are as people. Uh, so that's where we really are, as we are in America. Um, and I'm, again, for these people who would prance around on, in leather thongs on a bicycle uh, in the middle of broad daylight, I mean, they, they're more in need of help than they are of, um, you know, they don't, I, I'm not, not ever advocating violence, but we have to, we have to as a society stand up and say, this does not belong in America. Okay, I'm the last story I'm going to cover in just a nanosecond. Actually, before I do that, I want to urge you, if you want to think of a way to help America, a, help, a way to help American society and to fight back against the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and stop buying everything made in China, I urge you to go to Patriot Switch. And I, I think we have that little flyer up there. Yes, we do. Okay. So there is a great, great organization out there. I've joined up. It's called Patriot Switch. So go to patriotswitch.com slash G, and you can go to Patriot Switch and you can buy products made in America by support American families, American businesses, American products. It helps strengthen America's economy. It gives food, it gives income and support to American made products at this place at Patriot Switch. When you go there, put in patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G, up will pop a page, you put in your name, your information, and someone will call you and explain to you how it works, explain what it is. But the short story is, I'll tell you how it works. You order things on this website, it comes to your home. You don't have to go to the big box stores and wait in line. And they are great products of all kinds. They are house cleaning products, laundry products, shampoos, soap, uh, vitamins, minerals. I mean, just all sorts of great things you probably buy anyway, but you can buy them from Patriot Switch. It's Patriot owned, made in the USA, nearly 500 household products, better, safer, cleaner products shipped right to your happy home. I'm going to keep talking with you about this. It's a great way to celebrate July 4th. Join Patriot Switch under me. I will tell you when you join and when you order things, I get a small payment from them. You get great quality products made in America, guaranteed, delivered to your home, and we are part of fighting back against the Chinese Communist Party, and we are part of building up the American economy and the American family. Okay, one last quick thing I'm going to do in the show today, and it's record time. I call this the censorship industrial complex. This is a great term. I won't have time to go into this much today. I want to quickly tell you that uh, in a, this uh, great thing happening in Congress, um, so in Congress, with a very, very slim Republican majority, the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. 
So this is one of the House subcommittees. Republicans finally have a majority, and they're trying to look into all of the truly devious and evil things the anti-American left is doing to America. So this committee, the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, and the federal government is weaponized against the American people. It's not like we're waiting for it to happen. It's already happened. But they published a report yesterday. They released a report. You can read this on our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down list of links, and read this article. What they're basically saying in this article through their investigation, this House Select Committee, through their investigation has uncovered that, you remember when the uh, you know, Health and Human Services uh, wanted to, um, excuse me, Homeland Security wanted to have the spy on everything America does. They wanted to have the, the committee that was basically going to uh, you know, control your thinking. So they, they had to get rid of it because the people spoke up. So what they did, they moved that over. So DHS now put that same program that we didn't like into CISA, C-I-S-A, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. So what is happening, CISA basically took over domestic surveillance of the American people. Domestic surveillance already happening uh, under the guise, under the Department of Homeland Security. CISA takes it over, domestic surveillance and censorship operations on social media. So CISA takes that over because the American people didn't like thinking the government was really doing it. So they push it off to CISA, who in turn, when they realize they're still getting bad attention, they push it off to other actors. So you would not really realize that still today, even when the uh, government was... Um, you know, they, they, they couldn't do the Ministry of Truth uh, program they tried to do. They're actually doing the same thing now. This report is pointing out that in 2023, 2022 and 23, uh, growing public criticism of CISA's un unconstitutional behavior. Uh, they tried to camouflage their activities. They ultimately outsourced them uh, to a, a censorship regime, to third-party nonprofits and colluded with big tech to suppress your information. I'm getting out the information and now proof is now getting out to the American citizens, the American people, that the government still, this leftist, you know, ministry of truth uh, function is still happening out of Washington and it is controlling it's surveilling you, it's surveilling everything, it's engaged in, subs in censorship so that we all know what happened with the Twitter files, discovered the Twitter files, was that, or that discovery helped us understand that the government had been controlling what the, the uh, social media companies allow you to see, what they tell you is true, and what they what they want you to believe. So they blocked knowledge of the Hunter Biden laptop, They 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 aided and abetted in the hiding of that from the American people. All of that, and this, what, what is so consequential, because you might be listening thinking, I already knew all this stuff. What is consequential is that in our U.S. House, this committee that the, uh, Republicans um, have, this subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, has now published what they've discovered. So now the question is, because yes, publishing it is not enough. Publishing it means the next step is they've got to find a way to stop it, defund it. Stop it from happening. That's the next pressure has to come against Washington. One point they're making in this great story um, is, ba is basically the idea that they're now using not just misinformation or disinformation, they're using malinformation, malinformation. And that is supposed to mean, well, that's French mal, bad, you know, bad information. But what they're saying is anything that they don't like, they're saying, well, this was put out without the proper context. Let us explain why we're doing this. Let us explain what we're up to. 
And so they're now saying essentially they have a justification for censoring you, censoring social media, just because they don't like the information that you want to know. That's what that means. They just don't want you to have it. And so this, this, and we talk about losing America, losing control of our country, the idea that you have a federal agency, number one, spying on you to start with, a government disinformation board to start out, a government disinformation board, that got shot down, so they moved the whole same function, keep doing it, into CISA. CISA is getting criticized, so they, in turn, push it away, and they mislead the federal investigators about how they're doing that, push it to other people, and at the end of the day, the government is still surveilling you perpetually and censoring what you can hear. We cannot have the United States of America as it is intended to be if we're going to have this level of surveillance and censorship by our government. Okay, I'm out of time. I'm past out of time. So, at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So, we started our show today on Pizza Stowe's versus John Kerry's jet. And he's just one of these loony climate people. New York City is now moving to ban wood-fired pizza ovens, but not private jets. Um, America Can We Talk guest Mark Morano just last week, you'd have to burn a pizza stove 849 years to equal one year of John Kerry's private jet. It's time for Americans as a whole to wake up and to reject the climate change scam. Fear and hysteria are not warranted by actual climate science. The political mission behind the alarmism is control of humanity, denial of freedom, period, full stop. Mark Morano's books, and I see we misspelled his name, it's Mark, M-A-R-C. Sorry about that. Anyway, Mark Morano's books and postings at Climate Depot represent an abundance of substantive data, scientific analysis, critical thinking, and reasoning, dismantling the climate change hoax. Read them yourself. Do not defer to political hacks masquerading as, quote, experts. The subject is understandable, and the only conclusion is to get off the climate alarmism bandwagon. And on post-truth sexuality and the sensuality explosion, college biology professor loses his job for teaching facts about X and Y chromosomes. Recent pride parades in New York City, Boston, Seattle, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, is their chant. Naked adults riding bicycles, interacting with children, adults with no purpose for living beyond sexual obsession and gratification. The left's agenda has gone totally off the rails. Societal intolerance of his moral depravity is not cruel. It's a positive sign to be intolerant of it. There should be no need for legislation to ban this activity. It should disappear for lack of participants and lack of audience, i.e. nobody wants any part of it anymore. We must reject not just a perverse sensuality obsession, but attempts to redefine truth about life. And the censorship industrial complex, House Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government released an interim report, interim report yesterday. DHS secreted their ongoing censorship operation, the disinformation board operation, <clears throat> their disinformation programs within CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which ran their censorship and government surveillance operations on social media. As public and private criticism grew, CISA outsourced their spying and censoring operations to third parties, colluded with big tech, and then attempted to hide what they were doing. This is straight-out suppression of the First Amendment right to freedom of speech, unconstitutional censorship, and they knew it, which is why they tried to hide it. 
is also a huge red flag about what leftists running America think their job is, which is they think is to control the people and manipulate what they believe is true. Vote them out. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you-